<laughs> you know why she wants a triple check in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. We did a we did an interview with one of our subjects and we were like, fuck yeah, the interview ends. We we're like, yes, we killed it. It was awesome. We got him in the mood and everything. And uh, Cass was like, <gasps> and everyone in the room's like, what? She was like, I wasn't rolling on the sound. Well, so. it was, it was, I was talking so much shit. I was like, this is all sound mixers do. Like, I got this. Yeah, like we can. You do know, sound. I got the equipment. I'm like, I got this. This is so easy. You watched YouTube videos. I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I was like all prepared. And we have this new sound mixers because I'm used to pressing record on sound, and but we're just sitting there, and I'm like, well, sounds great. All right, let me help Sean with the interview. And then Sean says cut, and I'm like, I don't have anything to cut. It was a rough one. That yeah. was a rough couple hours, days, whatever. No, it was just a rough couple moments, you know. But you right away, you were like, we have to um, be positive right now. This is our choice, how we react to this. We have to be positive. Oh, yeah, Sean was freaking out. I was like, all right, dude, this is a test. <laughs> yeah, it was good. She reminded me, this is a test. It's all a test. And I was like, I don't appreciate you coming up with these kind of tests. <laughs> but really, it was a test because I was like, okay, I hear you. Let's turn it around. Let's stay positive. And we did. We got really positive. And uh, when we, re we redid it, and it was so much better. It was so much better. Because when we redid it, we did it on the tail end of having spent all this time with him. So we just got him even more relaxed. It was fucking primo. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, but Cass is a little PTSD. So you see him doing the double, double check, double, triple <laughs> check. Yeah, happens to the best of us. What have you been doing, Mare? We were away from each other for the longest time in a while. Yeah, that's a good question. What have I been doing? <laughs> I know you were making beautiful music. You sent us beautiful music. Yeah, and no, I was trying to do some recording when I was in Georgia, and that was really fun. Last week got a little unproductive and chaotic, but in general, I was pretty productive while I was there. Got a yeah. lot done. Um, but there is so much to do and so much on my plate, and I'm very excited about it. Life feels very confrontational right now and uh, very yeah. initiatory for me. Mm -hmm. um, like I can't slip up for a millisecond. Yeah. And the consequences are really harsh. Yeah. You know. I feel that. Yeah. We're both Leo rising, so that just what Sean the story Sean just told is mirrors <laughs> that whole energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just had that part of your life and I try not to remind you of this all the time, but like the stakes feel a little higher. You know what I mean? At that at this stage of your life, like where you're deciding like here's who I want to step into being. You know, the decisions I made at, at at your age, I'm still kind of riding the wake of, you know, and it's very cool. I'm glad I did those fucking things. You know? Yeah. And you're fully stepping into your own. But now. that's kind of intimidating because it means like, oh, this is consequential time, this Saturn return mm. energy. And well, I think when you start recording music, it's consequential. It's different kind of than anything else, you know. Yeah. Yes. There's very much this call to action and step up to the plate energy. Mm. My masculine energy has been a little bit like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but I did get pulled over by the police on my way. Oh, oh my God. I forgot. Where? This is so long ago at this point. Which like when your father was like, you're so lucky. It's hilarious because in ways I kind of was, but not at all really because I, I've been so, I've done more reckless driving than most reckless things in my life. I've done a lot of reckless driving on a lot of different things. Like, mm. Anyways, gotten lots of luck in my life other than this 
very, very brief moment in time. So I'm driving to Georgia and I see police on my first night driving down there more than I've ever seen them. And so I'm... Well, first of all, before you left, for some reason, we both had oh this God, eerie feeling. Oh my God, I forgot feeling. about that. I'm so sorry. Sean tells me to go down to the car and he wants to show me a couple of things and I immediately am averse to it. I'm like, what? No. Like, And I don't know why I had this averse to it. I was like, I don't want to go down there. And then once I was down there and he's showing it to me, I got like a heart attack I've never had before. It literally felt yeah. like my heart stopped and I got nauseous. And I was like, why is this making me nauseous when he's showing me like, okay, if I'm you like, get pulled over, here's this and here's this. I'm like, why are you even telling me if I get pulled over? I'm like, like you want to hide your drugs in over. here. You want to, you know, if you get pulled over, you have to say that you, you're, that yeah. a friend is on the job and you show him this badge and you know. And I've, I, I've just never been pulled over because I've always had police radars on my phone. I've always just been super aware driver ahead of me, behind me, whatever. Um, it's one of my areas I've grown very arrogant in because of all that I've gotten away with. But I was not arrogant on this trip, and that's why I feel so consequential right now and so harsh because it was like the whole time I was scared, like, you know, kind of like shaking in my boots the whole time I was driving of police. I'm seeing police. I'm thinking about police. And this is a grand question of like, am I manifesting this reality that just happened or am I feeling into the future? You yeah. know what I mean? Our car but is I'm, so suspicious, it's, too. It's I feel guilty even just – Yeah, and I was going fast, and I shouldn't – I just shouldn't – and I – I'm in my car and it was some sort of karmic thing probably with like, you know, rushing you or something in an earlier part of time. But I just should have gotten more time on the highway because I went to this juice shop and they didn't have anything. I was like, oh, I'll just get coffee, you know, and like didn't put a bunch of substances yeah, in yeah. my system, you know, just got on the road and remembered I was in Virginia. It was like, you know, probably high already that morning just coming to being reckless. And I knew I had downloaded this police radar on my phone several days before, but I hadn't like, you know, opened it up and gotten it working before I got on the road. I'm like, shit, I'm in Virginia. I can't be fucking around with speeding. I got to get this police radar gun out. And I get it out because I also, the whole reason that I've been able to speed is because I can see the whole practice is seeing 50 cars behind you, seeing 50 cars ahead, and I'm surrounded by tru bu trucks and I can't see anything. I'm like, this is fucked. I'm in a fucked situation right now. And I couldn't go into another lane. Like, it was like trucks here, trucks I-95 is two lanes for people that haven't driven up yeah, and down sorry. The, the east coast of, of the United States. I-95 is two lanes. Everyone has to take it to yes. travel yeah. Fast lane and a slow lane. And I was in the slow lane the whole time, which I've never done in my whole life. Never have I taken a trip and gone the slow lane. Never. You're left in the fast lane, Ever. baby. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and because this truck in front of me is like kicking up a bunch of stuff, I'm like, I at least want to get to a different side of him. So mm. I get in the fast lane for a second. And this is when I'm like, I got to get my police radar up. And as I'm in the fast lane, there's a truck behind me. And the truck behind me, because I'm going the speed limit in the fast lane, is not stoked about it, which I understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to kick it. And finally, after like, you know, just like him pestering me and I'm trying to load this thing, I kick it. And I kick it for, I'm not even kidding you, three seconds, one sec, two seconds. And I see just a flash in between the, the two trucks that were ahead of me in the slow lane. A, a cop car up and just I'm like I know he clocked me because they keep the stun guns like way before the car you know what I mean and it, it just felt like I was aware of it like it wasn't like mer typical mayor recklessness it was like I was worried about this I was trying to plan for this and the moment that I gave up like that I was reckless it was like super harsh consequences Fuck. you know and then I got on this weird trip is it like if you're more aware of what not to do is are the consequences always harsher you know, like maybe if you're less aware of it, but you, you, there might be something to that. <laughs> I think it's a game you can't like get you to the bottom yeah, of. Yeah. So it's like, I don't you don't want to get superstitious and like, <laughs> oh, I did this. Like, yeah, you can't be like, oh, I'm not going to wear my seatbelt because if I do wear my seatbelt, I'm going to get in an accident. It just, it just sounds <laughs> stupid. The only thing to take away from this is fuck the police. Always and, fuck you know, the police. Not fuck yourself or your superstitions. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, 
this interaction with the cops, which I get detained in the back of this cop car during this interaction, I get handcuffed, is like, couldn't be more triggering for me as a person, you know what I mean? Um, Insane. On the way home, I didn't even tell you guys driving yesterday, I saw cop lights behind me, and of course, I've been going the speed limit since I got the speeding ticket, and I immediately just break down crying, and cry for like two hours, and again, it does, it starts with me, and it starts with my story, and like my freedom being oppressed, but then it really grows out to like, just this existential doom of the unfairness of power that we have and like how much freedom is actually taken like i flirted with that compared to you know um whole genres of people through history you know what i mean and it just gets me on these super dark trips where i just feel so hopeless about stuff and it's just so crazy because like like the, the stuff that you've gone through in your life you know, like, I've never even come close to being detained. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and when I, we drove the same car, I yeah. speed. You know, yeah. it's not like yeah. I don't speed. Yeah. And it's just like... You've never been pulled out of a car. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like... And before any of this happened as a child, my biggest issue was authority. And so it's interesting that, of course, my life has unfolded that in an extreme way I've dealt with authority. Mm-hmm. You know, that freedom is the most important thing to me. And yet it's been the most tested thing in my life. Well, maybe know? for some people who don't know that you could recap like quickly what you've gone through and how this relates. Because I think some people you have like well, you've a been thrown in two um, like teenage prisons. <laughs> You, like, got Paris Hilton, if anyone knows about that. Yeah. Yeah, kidnapped in the middle of the night style. And, yeah, I mean. Twice. (laughs) Yeah, twice. The second time I ran um, to no real success, I only got to the parking lot where I got tackled and then handcuffed on the flight. They they handcuffed me so tight on that flight, I thought I was going to lose my hands at the end of it. Um, But, yeah, and then, I mean, that story is so hard to, to, like, brush over, but. Yeah, I was essentially like locked Watch up for podcast, almost. Watch the podcast Child of Chaos, yeah, episode two oh something. For almost two years, I was basically in like this Mormon-run institution in Saint Asylum place where yeah. you're on high security lockdown and stuff. And so getting pulled over, knowing you have drugs, like knowing they could well, do that to you, not the Mormon part, but. Well, knowing he could do anything they wanted to me. I mean, when I was kidnapped too, they, you know, they took off all my clothes. They cavity search you whenever they want. They do whatever they want to you. And I, I've had whatever I want done to me. They medicate you during the whole process. I mean, it's fucking, it's, it's the most insane shit ever. I would have rather, and I know this is very controversial to say, but the specific jail situations that I've been in that were fucking horrible were a lot easier than being in that place because it wasn't this constant psychological mind fuck where they're trying to yeah. take control of like you and your soul and all of your values and your opinions. And um, it was crazy. Well, was, those places are terrifying because they're trying to rehabilitate you. Our prison system doesn't even bother yeah. trying to put up that farce anymore. They're just, <laughs> just do your time, whatever. But like people that are trying to brainwash you because their parents paid a lot of money for you to be detained here. Yeah. That's fucking scary territory. So Yeah. And I was in there with actually insane people too. Like the younger girls mm. that were there, um, yeah, it was just like I saw all the most insane shit in my life, and I eventually am the only person that partially successfully escaped to cross the Canadian border That's illegally, the and then eventually get. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's the movie that we're gonna make of yeah. Mary's <laughs> life. The perfect all that led to you being able to be the like they probably still say your name in that place. Oh, for sure. We used to know the name of every single group of girls or girl that almost made it out. Yeah. Sorry about the girls that stole the vans or, you know. You did make it out. You, you know, did. you yeah. made it. Ac- yeah. You made it to Canada. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you froze your ass off in Canada and had to come back does not matter. You made it to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of uh, one of the most amazing feats 
uh, like I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> do your parents get a kick out of that story? Yeah, what at do all? your parents think about you having at, at escaped? That, at this point, like, do they are they like, yo, that's hilarious <laughs> when you went into Canada like that? I don't know what they think about it. I think they're like, it's probably still a touchy subject. I, yeah, because I think they were so scared the whole time or whatever. Oh, because they just knew that you had escaped but didn't know where you were. I think that they probably put together that I was with Joseph, but yeah, they didn't know where I was. Um, but yeah, I don't. We do need to eventually get to a place of laughing about it together. Because even around them, my body is just like. Doesn't dig it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just spent time with your mom down in Georgia. I did. And I it, went, like, oh, it went shit. really well. Yeah. you know, But you can tell like her compared to anybody else me interacting with in life. Like there, it's, I'm just so much more. Like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> you seem loose as a goose with your dad. Yeah. And I try like I really do. I try and be that way. Um with them and I think forgiveness has been really important for me and healing and my journey and stuff and um yeah it obviously made me who I am and I did yeah I felt like I got to prove to myself and them like I'm like you know I'm not to be controlled and I'm indomitable. So not <laughs> just to try be me. With. Well, that's why getting <laughs> detained in the back of a cop car, you're obviously getting the lessons you need for some reason, because that must be like the most triggering thing ever oh, yeah. for someone like you. Oh, like, yeah. Mare's telling us this story and just like, I was on the edge of my seat cause I didn't know how the story ended <laughs> yeah, and it just geez. kept getting worse. And she was like, and then he detained me and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I was in the back of the car with cuffs on. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, where was Mowgli? What the fuck was this asshole doing? And where I was Mowgli? Uh, they called back up and they had somebody hold Jesus Mowgli. Jesus Christ. So, so it's so funny because I have like a glove compartment in that car yeah. that like, I'm like, they're never going to figure out how to get in here. So keep the spare weed in here. And I guess they figured it out right away. So but once they you, find I the knew weed, you had a pile of weed. Wait, once they find the weed, I brought too much weed too. So that's the most upsetting part of the whole story. Is like I had good weed. <laughs> that you Somebody were just could praising it. I was like, I love this. Weed you were so just much. praising it. You were like, yo, we have a great connection. Yeah, like our, like, we're very lucky that we get organic. This is really great. Yeah. So when they find the weed, are they like, okay, search is done? Or are they like, okay, now we need to search every cavity? Then they leveled it up. I asked her the same thing before. They, so they leveled it up after that. They were like, oh, we might find some money in here. Yeah. And I was just doing this crazy game of like how scared I was going to let myself be about the whole thing. I was like, I have to hold this situation up somehow. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I can't go, Thank to, God I we can't gave go you to jail. You the know? liquid stuff that wasn't suspicious looking. <sighs> yeah. That could have been bad. There could yeah. have been a couple little. I know what you were rolling around like. But it wasn't. <sighs> it Look, to me, it's nothing. But in Virginia. You're in the worst possible place this could happen. It's like. Well, and interestingly enough, when I look up something called astrocartography, which I haven't mm. spent much time researching, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is where planets express themselves most extremely from your chart on the globe. I have this Saturn line that goes right through Virginia. I think it must go through where I was on the border, too. I need to look again because I think it goes from like here to here. So basically like from Montana to to the ocean but it goes straight over virginia i'm sure i was on just right where that line way in virginia you know right <laughs> just learning my saturn lessons yeah and then i get it's just like it's it's hard because it's hard to digest about like what i'm supposed to be digesting yeah you know what i mean like are yeah. you trying to tell me that i need to sit down like and then i get on this thing like am i more upset that i won't bow or that you're asking me to it's like a whole trip that I get on. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. pretty next level, though. <laughs> you get to know yourself. Um, 
Yeah, but it was a fucking trip. It was terrifying. I'm so. So he comes over with the weed. Like I know that you, because when when you told me this story, I was like, you hypnotized this guy. Yeah. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. It didn't prevent him from searching the car because he had to do that. Literally, by the end, is like picking hairs out of my face. Going on. You're like, just get these cuffs off so I can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. You just sweet talked him. Yeah, I guess. The best part of the story is you're like, so I was in Virginia and I decided to drive back up north so I could go to DC and buy more weed. <laughs> he just confiscated it, gave you a speeding ticket, which is like, that's what my dad's saying. You're lucky. Like, that could yeah, be... Yeah, that could have been worse. Uh, you know, you're on probation in fucking Virginia now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We know people that have had to spend some time in places that they were just passing through. Because I think in like Iowa or something, you can get... Like, if you get caught there, you have to live in Iowa on probation for, like, two yeah, years. Like, yeah, can there's you stuff imagine? like that that they can really fuck just with Just have you. to be stuck in some state. So the fact that he just gave you a speeding ticket and confiscated the weed, which you know he's probably puffing on right now. Yeah, but I can't <laughs> get to, I can't get to the other side of being appreciative about anything. Oh, it just makes me no, mad no. that there's anybody on the planet that can tell me anything about my life and what to do with it. It's extremely upsetting to think about. I'm it's such an anarchist in every cell in my body. Like, it, I just can't comprehend the hierarchies that we've set up of society. I can't understand it's the thing that triggers me the most because this guy is so clear like you know you meet this guy and you're like it's this guy <laughs> like it's this fucking guy that i'm supposed to abide to this is who i'm supposed to kneel to Clown he knows the town? fucking answers yeah. really okay all right he's enforcing <laughs> laws <All right>. okay <laughs> um this fucking jamoke he's making nature illegal cool i guess we're just all gonna go along with that oh cool <laughs> it's a cool God place damn. that we've got to Yo, it's the first time we're not together in how long? Like the first five seconds we're not together. Yeah. This happened. If one, if I had been in the car, we would have been prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> Trust me. Because I can't. I don't know how. Knowing you, you're like me. So the thing is, you how say you, you won't bow or kneel. You do. How like, did you, have you to. not? You had to... Just say you fucking asshole. Well, I know you're what to ruining do in the my moment. life. <laughs> like you're ruining I my play life. My cards. <laughs> you know when to hold them and no one to fold them. Yeah, definitely. You're I like, should. I'll just fold them on this hand. <laughs> yeah, horrible and traumatizing. And I wanted to to not be traumatizing because it's like not that big of a deal, but obviously it brings so much up for me. And I'm so bored of this story and processing this period of my life. I honestly am. Yeah. Like. But it just, it seems like it's just going to keep being a thing, like a crux. I have to come back and keep processing for myself and I'm sure, you know, just collectively too, what we're going through. So mm. I got to Georgia and I have, feel like, I mean, and I shouldn't talk about it like this because I'm putting bad spells on myself, but I feel like I have to be in such a sensitive place to create and make art because I'm having to play all these roles and like be supportive of myself when I'm alone. And it felt like that really took me down so many notches of like, God, Mary, you don't fuck up like this. Like you don't get pulled over. Like you don't like, what the yeah. fuck is this? You know, and just get so, so upset about myself and feeling so irresponsible. And then that just kind of mutates to feeling like, can I even do this? Can I even write this song? Can I even, you know, it's just like yeah. a reflection of yourself in every department. And it took me a second to climb out of the hole and be like, I'm good. At, I'm a fucking great. Okay. I can focus on stuff and do it with intent. And I'm not such a failure, but it was really hard. I was really upset at myself. I love that they, that this guy lets you go. And the first thing you did was drive to DC to try to find weed. I was, that was so smart. mad about the matrix. I was like, you're not getting me to not smoke weed. Yeah, like, like, I don't know what you're trying to do, but like, this doesn't end separate. here. Yeah. This does not end with you. <laughs> and I went to like five different, it was like 
day of horror. I ended up driving for almost 18 hours. Ended up acquiring schizophrenia at the end of it. <laughs> Legitimately, like, I'm in the car. And by hour, this is probably, like, at hour 16, because it happens for, like, maybe the, at least the last hour and a half of my drive, I start to hear what sounds like radio transmissions in my head of, like, a mm. male's voice. And also... <laughs> You forget after this, I drove through the one of the craziest storms I've ever driven through in my life where I can't see like a foot in front of the car. So I'm going like 30 miles an hour on a 70 mile an hour thing. Once that clears up for the two hours that I'm not driving in rain, because the end of the trip was in rain too, a truck that's in front of me that has a flatbed in the back of it, the back of it snaps and a mattress comes out on a bunch of this furniture and only to the absolute amazing driving of everybody that was around us who thank fucking god nobody was looking at their phone and it all happened to be very quickly responsive we didn't get into it but it was like a, it was a highway miracle that we didn't all get into a 15 car pileup boxes flying mattresses flying god damn i'm having to swerve lanes. i don't know if you should drive without us that's like no what the no, fuck like, how scary uh, we this be? is what i mean with initiatory it's like don't fucking do not lose focus. Like it yeah. felt like every second that I could yeah. have lost focus, it was the consequences were like the worst that they could possibly yeah. be. And it feels yeah. like my life just continues to be like that right now. It's like, like don't lose, don't focus. lose focus. Yeah. Don't keep your, like keep your eyes on the ball. Keep your eyes on the ball. Yeah. And it's happening in small ways, like spilling stuff, but it's happening in big ways too. So mm. And mm. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> life hasn't been so harsh before. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. kind of getting away with a lot before. So. You, well, maybe you thought you were. That's the other thing. Yeah. You might just be becoming sensitive to a, a new uh, fucking dimension that you're tapped into. I think that that yeah. could potentially be it. Yeah. I feel like I used to be able to like steal shit left and right. And the last time I came anywhere near stealing something was kind of like consciously half not paying for something at a grocery store. And we lost a commercial job the next day. And I was like, <laughs> Wait, uh, did, I don't think you ever told me this. This is a while ago. <laughs> I can't even remember the job. But, like, you know, like... he does yeah. See, I would be, like, the first thing I'd do is, like, it's my fault we lost the commercial <laughs> job. But it's weird to speak that stuff. Yeah. Especially around it, because I'm like, if that's the lesson, I'm just going to shut up about it. And, yeah. y you know, like, I'm not known for stealing, but fuck, I've done my share of it in my life. And I've... It, it has... It, it, everything I've stolen has been stolen back from me. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So... Well, that's what's hard about the cop thing and those interactions is I genuinely don't feel like I did anything wrong. Like even when I'm speeding and I'm going fast, like most of the safest drivers are the ones that are going fast. Cause they're paying way more attention to anybody else. And it's not like, I don't yeah. know, just the fact that you have to like, uh, all of it is so upsetting to me. And I had to go through this. Like, am I supposed to feel like, is this like some weird call to like abide by society in a more normalized way? I'm like, that can't be what my life is about. I think it's a call to question about. things like, more. Yeah, I think as you're an artist, so it's like this constriction is like, uh, to motivate your art and to remind you how important it is to be free and the values of freedom and the like yeah the bullshit of the system and sometimes you know you get a little in your comfort zone and you forget it's how true. important that is well and how scary reminder. and not in like how oppressed we really are because i can also get in my own bubble of privilege and luxury where i'm until i'm interface with the matrix in such a strong way do i really jesus christ we have we have such a fucked up system like why like, did this we do is this so fucking horrible yeah you know like there's somebody in there's somebody in jail right now for weed yeah <laughs> you yeah, know and then once you start thinking about that a little bit it's like ah it's it's a black hole i never get out of yeah but. yeah well i mean this fucking the, a, a friend that we made overseas fucking born and raised in abu dhabi where we were and um got accused of consumption not even possession 
Like a friend snitched on him. A friend snitched on him and said, uh, him and all these other people smoke weed. They snatch him up, throw him in jail, and um, deport him to Pakistan, a place he's never set foot in in his life, because that's where his family was from. And uh, he went from living in, like, the most modern city in the world to living seven years in, like, a village with no electricity and plumbing. Like, they're so harsh over there that you can't find drugs. You you, you can't. Like, we weren't looking, but, like, he told us the whole thing. Like, he was just like, you can't find it, and if you do, it's coming from... um, the way that they do it is so interesting. Like if you find a drug dealer, th- that person isn't even in the country. You're texting with someone in Pakistan who's hidden drugs They'll all over the place. They'll send you coordinates. And they just send you coordinates. You text them the money and they send you coordinates and you're like, go flip over a rock in the desert. And there's and some meth. There's some meth there for you. <laughs> And they'll just text random, um, like... The way they get customers is they just start texting every number. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, it's down it's the and future. dirty. There's, just n- there's no way to legislate away from... Oh, this, well, you know? talk about rules. So we've been um, in the process of trying to get a car and it's requiring a loan because we're not, you know, th- we're in the position where we would want to finance part of it. And um, we give Sean's information and they're like, uh, Sean has no credit. So like you haven't played the game. I'm a ghost. They call you. They're like, what we Sean's what we call a ghost, which means you pull up, you try to pull up your credit score and there's zero credit. It doesn't say zero credit, just says credit, no credit. Not available. Because you have, <laughs> like, no, but it's crazy because you haven't played the game. You haven't taken out loans. You haven't t- done debt. You've just done a American Express charge card where you've paid it off every month. And so you I've haven't only built. spent money I've earned. I never even could conceive of borrowing money, you know? Like, I don't borrow money from any. I just don't. I, like, I can't even conceive of it. So I've just played it like that. And I always thought that that was going to help me when I went to bo- go borrow money for a car or a house i always thought like try to fuck with my credit there's no way it's anything but perfect and it's like it's the opposite it doesn't even exist they want you to have all these fucking credit cards they want you to be in the slog trying to dig yourself out they, of debt well, so like I, every other american and i'm like oh i don't really play it like that i'll just pay you off right now and they're like well that's not really how we make money so fuck you yeah so i co-signed and i have good credit but i could have better credit and they say that my credit could be better if i had more than i have two credit cards they want me to have like five credit cards yeah and this is what depressed us in the way that the cop i mean not it, ex- extremely but it's no, just no but it, like, it sent me into fuck? like um that existential depression where you're just like oh there's a game and I'm not good at it. I'm not. Well, yeah, then, I haven't even been playing it, and, and I'm getting played. And then the several rules that just completely point to it being a taken advantage of scheme, where if you check your credit, you have lower credit. Oh yeah, you're so not you even allowed to check in. It's on a tax on the like, poor. The hell yeah, yeah. That? All this stuff is—it's all of its attacks <laughs> on the poor. What you went through, what we're going through, because like, what you're gonna have to pay for that ticket's the same thing a rich motherfucker is gonna have to pay. It might ruin your life. It doesn't make a fucking difference to them. Same thing with a drug charge. Same thing with anything. So there's a there's tears here. And, you know, when they see an out-of-state plate in places like New Jersey or Virginia, there's a lot of states that do this. Those are the ones I'm familiar with. When they see an out-of-state plate, if you're going slightly over the speed limit, you're fucked. We got pulled over in Nevada in a desert town. We saw it was a clear speed trap. It goes from like 75, 50, 25 miles an hour. <laughs> and we knew it from going out. And on, that on the way back, just do the right thing. So I just went five under. I just cruise control five under and then just kept going. 
five under the speed limit. I'm pulling through this town five under the speed limit. There's a cop pulling a guy over across the street. He just U-turns away from that, grabs us, and we had a fucking the whole middle console was covered in weed. We were like smoking bowls in there all day and like ashing it and just it was just a mess of drug people and it was just weed though. And we just kind of threw a little thing over it. and in the back we had like a bagu, like a fucking one of these like nice bags filled with drug paraphernalia. And the guy like I'm like, What did you get me for? And he's like, Speeding and I was like, Okay, first of all he didn't clock me and then he's asked me a bunch of questions and I was just like doing I was just doing my best to hold my ground and uh He's like, what we're really looking for tonight is um, drugs. We're searching people for drugs. I was like, okay. He's like, you wouldn't happen to have any or anything like that? And I was like, <laughs> no, dude, no, not at all. And he was like, he starts flashing the, his light around. Cass is sitting in the back. And he goes, what's in that bag? And it was just filled with drug stuff. Luckily, there was another bag. And she goes, oh, what, this one? And opens it up, which you don't have to do. I know. You didn't have to do. I he knew, knew exactly was. who to target in the car. <laughs> but yeah, you knew, luckily, not to open the other one. Because he just searched the car from the outside. He could just see through the window. And he was like, oh, cool. He's like, all right. And he let us go. I was go. like, oh, this is a bag of almonds. Yeah. But next to, like, literally right next to his right bag next of to, weed. Yeah, like fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was one of, it, it was, it's like times like that, I really just lose my will to live. I'm like, there's nothing you can do. You're being stalked out and shaken down everywhere and that's the nightmare of capitalism it's just like you're in a monopoly game and like you can pretend you can use substances and pretend you're not but we're stuck in a fucking nightmarish hellscape fucking monopoly game and we're being taken advantage of and we're being harvested for money and our labor and it's like it's fucking really disturbing it's really fucking disturbing and what Everyone listening to this has probably had a brush like this too, if not some serious fucking engagement with these institutions that are just out to fucking get you. And I don't know, it just, it fucks me up. You were telling me this story and I was like, it, I get so disturbed, you know, because I want to play it fast and loose. I want to feel really free. Yeah, no, it's definitely got me on a really dark trip. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get out of it ever since, so. <laughs> um, I just have, just keep swimming is kind of my motto, but it's just don't stop thinking, you know. Just stop thinking, just stop thinking. That's been getting me through. Is that, uh, is that an original? That's an original. Just stop thinking, just stop thinking. You know, like, like just it. keep swimming from uh, Finding Nemo. That's what I was referencing. Oh, you know what I'm referencing. Yeah, I know about Finding Nemo. I like it. Just keep swimming. Don't keep stop thinking. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> 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 that was cute. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you you're free it. now, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Free-ish, you know. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. That's a good, that's a good name for this podcast. Free-ish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're free-ish, I guess. I don't know. I feel like you're you're free to like pick who you're going to be in debt to. Yeah. And pick who you're going to be enslaved to. Yeah. But you have to pick one of those things <laughs> and both. Yeah. You know, like that's it. That I feel like that's that's the freedom we get here. You know. A lot of choices of who you want to be in debt to. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of choices for products that will put you in debt, for sure. We just bought one of them. 
Yeah. Yeah, we just paid so much money Cars for a used car. Cars are a huge car. representation of freedom, though. Oh, God. It's been a huge shift for us because, obviously, we're uh, somewhere where we were borrowing a car, and it was hard to be like, hey, can we borrow a car? And Abu Dhabi, everywhere we wanted to go, we're like, can we had this guy come pick us up everywhere we wanted to go, and it just like, starts to feel confining, and you just get back in a car, and you're like, Whew. Now Sean and I are like, let's just go for a ride to the water. I don't know, just anything. I just like love that we can just like. It's incredible. I love driving, and I really liked it a lot more before that accident with the police. Now I'm just paranoid and scared on the road. But I hate that that happened to you, Mayor. Because you had already, you were such a like you and I, we got in a big fight. Our pretty much only fight I think we've ever had. Yeah, was about your reckless driving <laughs> and um in my mind it was reckless and we got in a big fight about it and since then you were like you heard my perspective and you were like okay like I, at least in my mind you were like okay she needs me to drive more conservatively and i'll do that we just want me to live that's all so we're like please just live for us and let us live. Let us all live. Live yeah. and let live. <laughs> live and let live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm an incredible driver. I know you, and I trust it. Like, like sometimes you you drive, now you drive kind of too conservatively. I'm like, Mary, you don't have to drive this conservatively. Let's like, on. let's get it going. Come on. Let's, let's, let's fucking get out there. But, um, no, you, I really do believe that you have this, like, ability to see what's going on. But I think like that, that bout I'm, of, I'm, but I mean, it's, it's an essential part of our dynamic that we needed to like come to a head to, and for me to like honor you and apologize and, and adapt to you because I can slow down. You can't speed up, you know, I like, can speed up. No, it's just like how it works, you know, like neither of you, like, you know, like it's just a thing that it's like what makes you feel safe is not what makes me feel safe and I need to honor your safety but because I love you and I want you to feel safe. But and on. we had to come to a head where it was like, okay. It's very dramatic. But come on, you did get a little humbled in this because you were like, look, I got you tailgated and you know what it's... You, were, you weren't just driving fast. You were being a road rager man, woman, for a second. You, you, you were... There was, some, there was some road energy happening and... But what I'm saying is after that whole, like, mess up we had, you became, like, the safest driver. And I trust that, like, that's who you are. So it doesn't make sense to me that you got this lesson. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't even feel like a lesson. It more feels like how planets are expressing themselves. And that's kind of, like, where it's come to with, like, thinking about astrology, at least for me. And it's like, okay, are you really even having to learn this lesson or is it Saturn expressing itself? And the way that it expresses itself with you and like, and that for some reason, the makeup of your chart is one of like going through experiences of constriction or restriction, even being in a relationship with me, someone who Mm. constricted and restricted you, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the dynamic of how I relate to people because of my chart. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And I want to find freedom through the bounds of Saturn and the bad ends bounds of like three-dimensional reality but when you tap into them it can feel a little oppressive how do we do it <laughs> that's that's what we should be trying to hone in on how can we feel free amongst the system we're living in like how do we do that yeah um i mean we need another system and i think mm. i don't know i think a lot of people have moved out of the cities for a reason i think it feels like 
there needs to be some sort of exit and escapism and at the same time it's like yeah but I can't leave the people and I want to be around the people and <clears throat> it's hard part of me wants to just become Radagast and live in the woods and yeah but the people are the best yeah it just seems like that's more of what my fight is and the the a lot of that other stuff feels really protective too and like when I got to New York I was really low frequency I'd been driving a lot and I was just like god damn New York is so rough like why do I do this hmm. and I was walking up to my apartment and I was making my second trip up with my stuff and just like carrying a bunch of heavy bags in a day and carrying Mowgli and feeling very victimized by the whole situation and I got like confronted by some crazy person on drugs in my street and it was funny it was so confrontational it like pushed me to the edge of like oh yeah I'm like built for confrontation that's why i'm here <laughs> i literally get super bored if i'm not just like always having to deal with dissonance so that's why i'm here yeah. and i love it so yeah. great it's, it's the most confrontational city in a lot of ways our um our friend maddie said to me once she's like you know people are out in the like west and they're like oh we're the cowboys but it's like new york city the people who live in new york city are the real cowboys like this is where the wild shit oh, is the fair weather folk in fucking california no yeah, they're come not on cowboys now. no no maybe no, they play one in the movie you're rough and tumble if you can handle new york on every <laughs> level you know what i mean handling the weather handling the winters handling the psychic stuff handling the pressure handling the constant contrast and criticism and the financial pressure and the dirtiness and the financial pressure and the people who are like kind <laughs> of out there you know and that the system hasn't held and that they they're just kind of roaming around and and they're they're because of our system their issues of uh mental health issues are just exacerbated and because of the unhealthy um substances or whatever that are there you know it's like with people who don't have a safe place to live and food and shelter it's like you're going to exacerbate these problems and it's just going to become like a stress mess of but i guess it's just better to live in new york city where there's something happening yeah i mean the state of new york with the housing is like incredibly depressing to yeah. think about as well because there are so many homeless people and so many vacant spaces and now storefronts it's not just uh, real estate yeah um, it's um i mean residential it's a lot of commercially open space and rents well. are at an all-time high and yeah and of course those people you know I don't, it's not like you can insinuate about everybody but a lot of people are doing these drugs that are causing them to spiral because this system is so oppressive and yeah, whether exactly. it's oppressive because of financially or like you said mental health issues and not accepting not, their if that's not exacerbated by financial issues like mental health you know it's like absolutely all anytime that i felt financially stressed my mental health is like so <laughs> bad it's, it's, it's <laughs> so in the dumps that we don't even consider it the, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah yeah when you're under financial stress it's it's the worst fucking feeling in the world it really yeah, is to not feel safe in the world to feel like yeah you have to you have to do something for somebody else just to exist you're born into a, yeah. a reality where it's not okay for you to just exist you know and that yep. you're not recognized we're not in these communities where people are recognized for their individual skill sets and powers and when you're in closer knit communities it's it, you wouldn't view somebody as completely useless or lazy or you know there's there isn't that spectrum when you're dealing with humans because everybody clearly has something to offer and then we set up these completely disassociated unhumane systems where we, we're so far away from people we can just discard them yeah because we don't have to interact with them exactly. and, and then you get a front row seat to what has happened to people who don't play the game well and it's not pretty you yes know? and that's what they're there and that's why they'll always be there that's that's part of this there will always be 
um, basically reserve employment, uh, you know, reserve labor and in the form of homeless population and capitalism always has to have that. It's one of the features, you know, and it's always going to have a large prison population because there's strict rules to control the market. And it's, um, you know, that that's why you, you can't blame people that, that lose it. You know, you, you really can't, you see them and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know what you've gone through, but I'm like one step away from living on that corner. How have I not like, you know what I was saying to my mom the other day, because I have so many family members and friends and uh, family friends that have just struggled their whole life. They just never really stepped into manhood, never. And what I recognize as something we can do as individuals is like what, what I told her is I feel bad for them because I think the only thing that's kept me away from severe addiction or depression or anxiety, and I have struggled with some stuff but not like what i'm talking about um is that i've been like i want to be a filmmaker i'm a filmmaker and i've just stuck with i've just had like a central focus like tether you know i i don't know if women need this as much because i think you can find it in other ways but like a man needs to have fucking interests and things he goes and does and dreams he's trying to fulfill and and portals for creativity and i think a lot of people don't consider those things because like our education system is a job training program. It's all about jobs and where you're going to get your debt and who are you going to be enslaved by in order to pay yeah. off that debt. It's so they don't do these things that your soul needs desperately to do to even want to live on this thing. If I didn't have filmmaking, I probably would have offed myself or been on hard drugs so long ago. Yeah. It's not a masculine thing. Everybody needs to have a purpose in life. And you came to yours yeah. kind of like, one a lot of people do in their late yeah. 20s and 30s yeah. and stuff but we're asked to come to it when you're 18 and you're just totally like, yeah like yeah, what do i like, know I about anything know. um and then people <laughs> and you know i was just talking earlier too about disorders and people are ask you have adults asking you when you're just trying to figure out who you are and you're going through puberty and so many changes and dealing with bullies like what do you want to do for the rest of your life and some of us can't answer that question and some of us have a hard time integrating into general society because there's lots of weirdness in society to integrate to and it's hard to learn how to be in social situations and there's all this anxiety and then because they don't feel this really important thing that grounds you into the earthly experience of purpose which yeah. it takes a lot of space and quiet and reflection to come to that <laughs> yeah um yeah people get lost and then they think they're broken and they're sick and they diagnose themselves with things that it's basically life sentences, which life sentences, interesting thing to study, life sentences, you just continue on <laughs> <laughs> saying to yourself, you know, what's happening to you. And that's basically like the loop that everybody's stuck in. Mm. Yeah. You know, because they need it. Sickness is an excuse to not participate in the sick system. And it's like, you're not sick. The system's sick. Yeah. Don't Hard blame to yourself. Don't blame <laughs> right. yourself. Yeah. We aren't afforded the time and space to develop passions and follow them out because there's a lot of financial pressure no, on pretty much to, everyone. Yeah. No, you have to start. Yeah. Well, immediately. Sorry. No, just immediately working and making money for bigger yeah. corporations. Yeah. Well, and also I think another big part of it is like when we were, because we were, we basically we did a little research and a lot of homelessness or unhousedness uh, has to do with catastrophic loss of family. And so that's like a huge factor on the people who don't have a home. Yeah, it's like 90% of homelessness is caused by catastrophic loss of family. So like being having a family that will or can support you or have your back. And, and that's the problem with capitalism is also that our family units have become so small. So before, 
Like, if you lost one person in your family, that's, or two people, or three people, it wouldn't be catastrophic because you had a larger family. Mm. You know, you were part of a community that had your back. It wasn't just, but now that our family unit has gotten smaller and smaller, that one, if you, if those people are maybe get sick or are unavailable or, or, or pass away, like, you are in a very vulnerable place as a human. Mm. Yeah. I think not being recognized is, like, the biggest thing that gets right. us to spin off as low frequency. That's like what I hear in your filmmaking. It's like, we need to be seen by each other because we're not separate. Like we literally are just like this one consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and when we and when we go towards people, we're not trying to pull that out of them. It's what everyone wants to say when they feel like, like, oh, I can get a message out there to people because we just let people be themselves on our films. Yeah. They always want to send a message like that. Like, like we're connected. We're here. We're, we're all together. You know, they always... That's what, that's like, that's our better nature. Yeah. You know? And I think that like, that's the high watermark of what we should all be shooting for all the time. And like, not just when we're on camera, but like really treating everyone like that. And it really starts at the highest levels. Yeah. Well, and now everybody's just like, yeah, because we don't have as close contact recognition, people have to do it through online. And that's like the constant obsessing with taking photos of yourself and posting them. And it's like, please recognize me. (sighs) See me. That's a whole other... (laughs) <laughs> dark rabbit hole yeah. yeah yeah see me hear me yeah we want to be recognized i think we earlier in our evolution everyone felt like they had much more of a purpose and served the tribe in much more significant ways than Definitely. data entry or selling cars <laughs> or fucking be working at a Definitely. bank or you got to shine you got to shine you were essential yes. you were essential and yes. i think people were filled with purpose and we still have that swirling around in us that need you know that yearning to like hey i want to feel like i'm contributing something you know what i mean and there are new ways to contribute and that's what's part of human evolution and it's sad because we have all these old archaic systems that don't allow for like new new areas that we need in human consciousness because if you're outside of the norm you're just broken and sick yeah Mm. you know like there are jobs that we need that don't exist yet that people need to make space for and they need to talk about, but there needs to be a certain level ex- of acceptance past like cancel culture for people to say stuff we haven't heard before. Yeah. For us to have open ears about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that comes at a high cost these days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's very self-sacrificial. Everything feels so self-sacrificial with putting yourself out there now. It's a huge risk. People are trying to take your livelihood because you might have said something off color or like whatever or express something that is basically just against the accepted norm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. But and, and and this is what's sad because like we just described like this whole system that's like fucking harvesting us in the worst kind of ways. Like people cheer it on and fight the rich man's war by by continuing the cultural division and and they want they set us up to divide ourselves on ever increasingly nuanced <laughs> lines absolutely and everyone fucking loves that and i think it, it, it goes back to our tribalism it's like we want to find our tribe but the way we're doing it is so toxic yeah mary you know has a great song that says you like you think you're a good person <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's like a very confrontational to listen to you know what i mean as someone who likes to think of myself sometimes as a good person yeah. like i want to be a good person like i try no, but no. it's like so confrontational but it's so perfect because i mean i think the toxic thing that's happened now is that or at least in the last like t- it's been for the last 10 years especially um is the whole establishing yourself as a good person 
by pointing out who around you is not a good person. <laughs> Jesus you know Christ. what I mean? It's yeah. like, I know I'm good because yeah. you're bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we're all guilty of it. Yeah. yeah. It's the days of the guillotine and all of that, but just it's everything is expressing itself in these more, just like you said, nuanced and complex ways and subtly. Yeah. Like our abuse of each other is much more subtle, but it's still there. Yeah. And the crazy the thing is like, <laughs> like I see how, how long it takes for it to fry my circuits. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going along with all this. Okay, cool. I can handle <laughs> it. All right. We're all upgrading our operating system. I was like, all about like you know helping the cause whatever the fucking cause is cool we're moving things on and then like it gets to a point where i'm like i can't fucking do this i don't know i the idea that i could offend somebody (laughs) is so lame like (laughs) like it's just so fucking lame like yeah well and also i just i do stand by that statement about good art being confrontational and that it's i think it's just kind of a a requirement if you're making good art it's going to be somewhat like making people uncomfortable in a good way or in a bad way but it should be what is it disturbing the comforted somebody remember that quote about art oh no it's a good comforting the disturbed and disturbing the comfortable (laughs) yeah no that's exactly it yeah comforting the disturbed and disturbing yeah um and so i like I hope some of your movies upset people in this weird oh, way. Oh, when they, they don't, know, you know, because it's like when they don't, we're like, oh, we might have missed the mark. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know. totally. They all do though. Yeah. They, that we're betting a thousand on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you're, you know, shaking people up and realizing that's what why this period of my life feels harsh is realizing is kind of harsh. Realizing yeah. and like realizing yeah. that's the, the harshest, bigger things. That's the harshest part of psychedelics. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I was ready to see all yeah. this. <laughs> like, I'm that big of a dick. Like, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can I continue on? Like, <laughs> and it's like for people, like, I feel like that's kind of like when you are early to, or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Sometimes psychedelics, if you're really a person who's hard on yourself, can show you like the door to love, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's and happened self-love. To me a lot too. Yeah, where you're like, oh my God. Like, I'm I was, all right. Yeah, I'm, everything's Sometimes okay. Sometimes it's, it's like some Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> fucking like oh that's what the mushrooms do to me sometimes or you're like you're haunted by ghost versions of yourself that said and did things but like I, you know it's all in service to an upgrade though yeah definitely. it's it's and i'm totally down for those upgrades and i trust those things i don't trust businesses and governments <laughs> and religions like i'm sorry I'm, like i'm just not into that because they're trying to control you in some way definitely you know and if they can't get you with debt they'll rob you of your fucking creativity they'll pay you enough that you're not in debt but you are going to be in service oh yeah to the fucking thing and uh, yeah you know. the amount of art that gets squashed and creativity just from people having to work beyond even if everybody did have their bills paid, just how much it takes to be an artist and put yourself out there and feel safe in doing that. Yeah. There's a lot of things working against you right now. Oh yeah. The thing that grinds my gears is that we're, you know, with all the technological, uh, evolution that's happened that life hasn't seemed to get easier i mean it has gotten easier for inconvenience factories for for people but like the cost of living has only gone up the like you don't have to work less it's not like that changes it's not like oh the robots are gonna do your job for you it's like okay yeah that's (laughs) what squeeze everything out that's what you hope. Like, we don't have to have factory workers, right? And they can just get paid to be creative and do what they want. That's, yep. like, the dream. And I don't know why it wouldn't or happen. Or at least but we don't pay. Who cares? We All right, we're not paying individual people. It's not going towards, like, oh, you still have to work. But it's, like, we have services for the community. Mm. You yeah. know, things that support the community. Better education. Better, um, I don't know, 
places that people convene and and do things together and and like Abu Dhabi was great in the way of like they build this really expensive Formula One racetrack and then they open it up and give people bikes and they people can run and exercise and it's, it's all free. Dope. It's like you get damn. to show up and just they don't question anything. You you're a person in Abu Dhabi. Grab a bike, grab a helmet, cool. Ride around this Formula One thing. It's, you'd never see something like that here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then it just comes down to like, you want, what we're talking about with money is freedom. And you want people to be free. You don't want them to like, here's services that we made that we we think, think are fun that you need to have fun <laughs> in. You know, because that gets very oppressive very fast. Or it's I'm like, you're not, yeah. not having fun at this one park that we built you. Yeah. How unappreciative of you. Well, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I see what you're saying. But I mean, just at the give very the least. Money. That's that's what <laughs> I was going to say. I want both. <laughs> no, just give them yeah, money. The yeah, just give give them money. That's how you set them free. But then they're not going to work and they're not going to be in service to you. Can I hit the vaporizer? Um, yeah. I, and it's crazy because there is still just so many wild, amazing jobs that people don't get recognized for in this country. Like we have heroes that we don't speak about that are beyond um, the fire department and the army that are doing like welding so that we can all have power and water under like thousands of feet of water who like explode under pressure all the time because these jobs are like some of the most hazardous, hazardous jobs ever and the you know exact percentage of nitrogen to hide you know all of oh, these yeah. things has to be exactly right in the tank and these chambers that they build that are you know we don't know what we're doing that deep underground we're just like hoping that the engineers are right about the pressure tanks and that what about the motherfuckers that have to deal with all the feces that the human race you know puts puts out all yeah, the there's time there's so many jobs so many that are people crazy that, that this people is a are hero. doing these are heroes who, who decide, I'm going to go in the business of trying to deal with human feces. Literally. You, there's so many things you can do, and you're like, Thank I'm going to do People that pick up trash. That's like, what I'm saying. Heroes of our society. People, yeah. but, um, and I was just reading a, a really sad story about these guys in like a, a power plant that died from this um, boiler exploding. And like, there's just so many of those stories, obviously, because these are incredibly high-risk jobs. Because we're doing wild things as humans, like having lava boilers. I was know, driving to, over to a bridge the other day, white-knuckling, because I'm, for some reason, getting scared going over bridges. And there's a guy walking up the fucking thing. <laughs> I'm like... That guy, that's his job. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if that was my job. I, I would be so fucking terrified. The yeah. stress chemicals would kill me instantly yeah. of what that would do to me. Yeah. And he just, he's, he's like, someone's got to go replace that little light up there so a fucking helicopter doesn't crash into yeah. this. I'm going up. Like, there's not even a question. What the fuck? Yeah. So many fucking. So and, shout out. If and, you have a difficult job and you do it for you us. You know what's the most difficult job? Being a fucking mom. Like, that's fucking insane. Definitely creating people seems hard. Creating people and maintaining <laughs> them and not putting just a fucking another mindless consumer into the world. But trying to develop critical thinking skills with Although, someone who's tr being purposely tried to put to sleep by our government and media. Yeah. And propagated to to just love this place and think we're innocent and exceptional. Like, to raise a child in the face of that that can see through all that is fucking so hard and a lot of people have to do a job on top of that but fucking being a parent being a mom fucking insane crazy these are the, they're the heroes not elon musk that guy is a creep you know what i mean we have a culture that just wants to prop up like these people that have made a lot of money if they've made that much money do you know what they the gods that they've had to serve the things they've had to do the governments that they've had to overrun, the people they've had to exploit, the people they've had to kill. Like, get real with yourself. 
Like, don't accept their heroes. That's part of the game. They got you fully hypnotized when you're cheering on Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and fucking Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett and you name it. If you know that they have that much money, they should be number one on the fucking list when we do rip out the the guillotines inevitably again. Like, let's get fucking real. Don't let culture hypnotize you with their fucking razzle-dazzle. You know what's going on. You have to tune that shit out in order to rediscover your life's purpose. Because it's sitting there for everyone. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Don't let this system convince you you're not here for a reason. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm so bored and sick of talking about feminine energy and how it's oppressed. Like, I really am. I don't want to say it again. But it is just, like, the product of worshipping masculine energy. And the heroes that we have are just, like, the epitomes of masculine energy. And we just have no... I shouldn't be so dramatic about it. A lot of us have a hard time recognizing the importance um, of feminine energy in in microcosms of our life and how we manifest our reality, but then in the outside world and how it serves its own purpose. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, we're also in a system that doesn't even give you space to sit in feminine energy and reflect. Because even as an artist, like, you're forced to put content out all of the time to even survive so there's no yeah you're serving an algorithm there's no why don't you want you want to reflect to make sure what you're putting out is good or that you've had time to evolve Mm -hmm. you know um to succeed you have to play the masculine game yes so yeah of putting out way too much stuff but what is success see that's what i think we need to unpack and that's what i was talking about earlier is like i think we might need to even just unpack what success is because i think success if we can unpack it, it could just be like happy days, calm nights. Yeah. A couple laughs. Community, friends, love. You know, I think I think we have this idea that like you need a certain amount of followers or a certain amount of money. And I think success obviously just looks different to everyone else given their makeup and what they need and what <laughs> gods they want to serve and what gods they're called to serve and why they are here. Cause I guess it goes to the, also the question of yeah, like, for some people it's being like really good at a video game um, but and like they're sick at this fucking thing and it, they can feel success from that. And I think that's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? What makes me feel successful is recording a fucking stoner conversation we just had and putting it out. And we kept someone company like, I don't know who that is or who needed to hear this or for what reason, but it makes me feel successful. Yeah, I think when I say successful, too, in the context of art, I say it more as survival. And I probably shouldn't use the word success because even to survive as an artist, like the mm. requirement of participation is so masculine. Yeah. No, to I be really oh, successful, that, yeah, you're you, have to, into something. you have to completely let go of <laughs> feminine energy, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and again, like this has been true in my life. Like I have been the most successful externally when I have been the most masculine in my life yeah. mm. and taken drugs, you know, the, like the, to be more masculine. The people that we hold in the highest regard in terms of artists that I feel like, ah, oh, you, you guys, you hacked the matrix, you're doing it is, uh, Alex and Alison Gray. But I think just from you saying that just tapped me into the masculine energy that it takes for them to do. They basically started a church called Chapel of Sacred Mirrors Cosm. And they have this dope property and they throw these gatherings and this and that. They had to manhandle in order to stay relevant and stay fiscally, um, you know, responsible and keeping their thing growing. 
they had to fucking create a religion. Very assertive. They they had to fucking get super like tap into that masculine energy for sure. And they're, I feel like Allison's better at it than Alex when it comes down to it. Um, yeah. Like yeah, she seems to like really know how to do things and know what the plan is and this and that. Yeah. But that's that's the way you have to play a very masculine game to be successful here um, by traditional means. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's been part of my fear of my Saturn return, as I keep describing with my masculine energy. I'm like, I, I, I know what it's gonna take, and I just like, I'm at this weird point of like more balanced energy in myself that I'm like, I don't even know if yeah. I can get out of balance like I need to. to yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing, and I'm going to. But yeah. it's like, no, it's it's <laughs> it's um, a wild thing that I'm looking in front do you of. Ever like, think okay. about getting back on the cocaina? Sometimes I do. I'm like, do I need to really dance with the devil to get this? No. (laughs) I'm dancing with different gods now. They have different rules. They're very harsh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Heavy consequences. Heavy consequences. (laughs) (laughs) Sobriety maybe in my future. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe we can do it. You might have to listen to that cop after all. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It may be an omen. (laughs) Damn, I fought the law and the law won. (laughs) I fucking quit drugs. Did I tell you? I didn't. I I really should have told that story. I just, I don't even. forgot i was on a podcast but (laughs) of course i'm scream crying in the car in washington dc in traffic that's completely unmoving and the first song that i hear on the radio is i fought the law on the law one oh my god that's fucking great and i had a laugh and i said you are funny yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because it's another thing i warned you about i was like mayor whatever you do i I was like it's a good thing you're getting on the road at night because you'll get past dc yeah it's the worst traffic in the world if you hit it and you avoided it somehow, but then you fucking went right went back, back into it, it <laughs> straight into the storm. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. And then by the time I got to the house, let me just finish the story out because I never did at the beginning of this thing. I Oh, yeah. I said that I heard voices. But then when I got inside of the house, I heard a female voice and a ve- male voice whispering. Yeah. Full. Full schizophrenia. Yeah. At the Jesus. end of the oh. almost 18 hours. So. Yeah. I've earned some sort of Saturn stripe. You did something. <laughs> you definitely did something. You know. Yeah, you got you got like an extra little freedom pellet. Another yeah. scar for the bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do people find out about their astrocartography? Is that something that you can just like put in a map or something? Yeah, you can look up, you know, free astrocartography map. They're a little hard to read if you're not already deep into astrology. It can be a little bit overwhelming, mm. but it'll show you kind of where. You could see where your sun exaltation is and where your Venus. Was. Apparently, I'm supposed to live in like Somalia. So interesting. You know. This is going to be. Uh, <laughs> Mare's about to become an expert on this. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think soon Mare's going to have some announcements too. I don't know if you want to make any now, but you'll have some announcements about uh, new ways to work with you. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to offer readings soon, and I'll set up a little website so people can book them. Yes, yeah. that is a very special experience, as evidenced by Cass and I not letting you go. <laughs> it's You're, quite an offering. We're just like, yeah, it's it's v- very, very special offering. It's a very exciting thing for, for people, I think. Yeah, I'm really excited to be interacting with people more frequently and seeing what people are going through and talk to yeah. them. Because I've been in such a hermit chamber for the past few years, which has been really good for me. But you're so not a hermit. Like, listen to your voice, even, and the way you look and everything. You're meant to be talking to people. I love it. Yeah. I love the people. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. And, yeah, I, I go through these bouts, and I guess in human design they talk about my specific type going through them. But I, I'm all, they describe me as a volcano, and it's like I go dormant mm. for a very long period. And mm. then I go through these, like, 
eruptions where it seems like oh, I have more energy shit. than anyone. And that's definitely been true in my life. Wow. Wow. I've been dormant. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. I think we are, too. Yeah. It's weird because when we all <laughs> met, we were all still in our dormant phase. Definitely. And we've, we indulged the fuck out the of best it. dormant face that you could have the uh, government I don't paid our bills like this will never happen again it, it's never gonna happen again the government i've never had anything like that in my life that kind of support fun employment friends everywhere fucking we lived it up it, we, i mean we like up. just like having that kind of time with a romantic partner when you just meet them is like unheard of unless you guys are like in high school or something that's you know? why it's it like, feels like we're so we've been dating so much longer than we have yeah it's like we got this this time together that usually would take you three years to get that amount of time together. Well, and we were like, you know, you know. acid ball, you know, whatever yeah. oh, we were yeah. doing. Totally. Definitely very connected. Oh yeah. <laughs> In a lot of different ways. We're going to have Bonded. another wild summer. Oh yeah. This is going to be It's our, just going to get wild. Yeah. It's only going to get wilder. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. We're ready. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's have a great summer. In case you missed us, we hadn't done a podcast. We skipped it last week, but we did put one on the Patreon. We don't fuck around. <laughs> we did get one out there. There's a really funny podcast with me and Cass where we talk about our love life on there. Um, what was that one called again? I can't remember. I can't remember. It's on there. It's like one of the, the newest things. And I just put up a dope Church of Chill episode. So this is patreon.com slash Church of Chill. That's like the best way to contact us and get on into our Discord and see all of our bonus material that's on there. We have so much content on there at this point. And I'm thinking about putting um, like director's commentaries of the films on there. That'd I think be that cool. could be cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots lots more to come um, on patreon.com slash church of chill. And we'll see you back here next week, y'all. Peace, Peace love, and magic. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Ha, ha, ha.